0: Hello and welcome to the Evolve Pipedrive Podcast, where we talk all things Pipedrive, sales, apps, and Pipedrive Marketplace. My name is Bruce Brignell, I own a run Evolve, we're a technology consultancy based in the UK, working globally, helping small and scaling businesses get more out of Pipedrive through implementation, consultancy, and training. Today I have the great pleasure to be joined by Antoine Goret, the CMO at CRISP. CRISP is an all-in-one business messaging platform that integrates natively with Pipedrive. I'm really looking forward to this conversation for a couple of reasons. One, because he's a digital native. Antoine's a practitioner, as well as a strategic thinker. He's an investor and advisor in multiple businesses, including Beam Energy, a plug and play solar panel company that allows you to produce your own green electricity. He's helped more than 300,000 companies around the world make their customer relationship more human with his role at Crisp. Plus, Crisp is leaning into this new world of large language models, or LMNs, uh, with the likes of OpenAI and ChatGBT, Uh, So I look forward to hearing more about that, possibly in this conversation. So without further ado, uh, Antoine, please can introduce yourself and Crisp to our audience.
1: Thank you very much, Bruce, for that uh, pretty good introduction. Um, (laughs) Yeah, what a pleasure to be here today. Um, As you said, I am the CM at Crisp. We are, uh, as you said, the business messaging platform for um, companies around the world that uh, integrates natively with Pipedrive, as you said and many other uh, channels too, because uh, Crisp is not only uh, a chat platform. It's uh, also uh, a tool that helps you to connect with emails, phone calls, uh, WhatsApp, Line, Telegram, Instagram also, for example. And um, we also offer uh, a huge part on data so that we centralize conversations for your business teams to improve internal collaborations and data so that every time you receive a message, no matter the channel, you know who you are dealing with and therefore can help to improve each uh, interactions at every stage of the customer's life cycle.
0: That's huge. It it gets me thinking about, um, you mentioned Telegram, you mentioned other kind of uh, platform or other avenues where messages could come into your business. Does that change across different markets so is telegram more in eastern europe versus whatsapp in the us like what and obviously where do you cover right and what where, where do you what what's the kind of um relationship there across the, the across the globe
1: definitely definitely there are uh, huge trends uh, depending on uh, the location you are so for example uh, believing that you can start a business uh, in brazil without having whatsapp <laughs> is n- non-thinkable i mean You can't get uh, that right if you don't go on WhatsApp. So that's why uh, it has been a huge work for us to have the ability to centralize those messages for a WhatsApp business. Um, In, as you said, Central Europe, uh, Telegram is pretty used. Uh, We have an integration with Line, which is like uh, the WeChat, but more used in uh, Thailand and Vietnam and in Japan too. So, it's the same. If you don't have line in those countries when you want to do business, there's no sense because this is where your customers are spending times. Mm. And, you know, I believe, and we believe at Crisp nowadays that uh, customers want to speak with companies the way they are speaking with their friends.
0: Mm. Well, it's, it's not that they want, I think they expect, right? They're, also, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know my name, I, I've, I've unsubscribed from... So anyone that listens to this podcast might have heard me say this before um i don't use my personal email inbox i don't look at it anymore i use it as if i need to find something i search my personal email inbox and, and find what i what i need so i've got a, a Brighton marathon at the weekend i didn't see any emails come through they were bought by london marathon so and i didn't realize that a friend had to told me i then had to search my emails to then find the email to re-sign up again um so there's kind of one as as a user behavior has changed other times if someone's get my getting my name wrong i just i'll just unsubscribe straight away I, if you just expect them to ha- have it done right um yeah so it's, it's not that they want it. i think that, that there's a, certainly an ex- level of expectation uh, with yeah. with customers at the moment
1: exactly i truly uh, i truly agree on that with you
0: so what does the team look like if, if you're kind of able to service from Brazil to Thailand what what is is it very sales focused is it very marketing focused are you all developers what, what, what's that kind of makeup there <clears> the
1: <throat> so team? we are um, a plg company so 100% inbound
0: and plg would be product led growth for exactly
1: anyone. yeah exactly so we are a product team <laughs> as a, a big product team yeah. um, we are a team of 19 people right now um, based between France uh, Philippines Chile, uh, Mexico, Italia, uh, Portugal, and Salvador
0: Um,
1: because, uh, as you said, we are global. So we have customers in every country of the world. And we believe that um, by offering uh, real time answers to customer service questions, we can make um, a true difference in the competitive, in the very competitive landscape uh, we are in. and. that's why we believe that, uh, we should have like people answering people, uh, hundred yeah. percent of the time. Yeah.
0: And that that's so as, as a PLG product, like, um, growth company, I've spoke to other CEOs on, on, on here that are, were product led founders. Right. And they would say the first three or four years of, of their journey, they're answering customer support tickets <laughs> and, uh, because it allows you to get that instant feedback of, you know, what, what's, what pains are those chronic pains of the customers. Um, yep. yeah, do, do you, obviously you haven't changed yet, but do you think that the, the usefulness of that would mean that work, if you do suck in sales teams, you'll still have people on support versus kind of the chatbots and things like that.
1: We all do customer support. Yeah. At course, everyone, no matter if you're sales, if you are a developer, um, if you are a marketing, uh, everyone does customer support, even though it's not like 100% of your time, yeah. you should at least spend two to three hours a week answering questions. And are, are, trying. You measure,
0: are you are you measured on it internally? Or is it just like, you, there's a, a an element of, of service for, for people, employees? Um,
1: no, I mean, that's something I can quickly check through mm-hmm. the analytics, because at Crisp, we use Crisp to serve our customers. Yeah. So <laughs> so um, we have analytics that allow us to see how many conversations you've been handled by days, by week. So if I see someone from my team saying, hey, uh, well, that doesn't deal with any conversation over the week, I'm, I will be asking him, hey, man, please do some effort. I know it's not part of your job as you believe to, but it's really important that you understand customer's problem because in your marketing Day to day work, you will better address uh, the content you will be cre- you will be creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will make more sense because you will understand customers' problems and and so on. So I, I think it's really a key part of um, being good in uh, your company, no matter the department. It's the same for developers. I mean, if you are creating like bad bad software, then it impacts the entire company because everyone reach out to the support. And most of the companies, um, they don't have this strategy because they believe uh, developers should never get in touch with the customers. It's,
0: it's funny, a yeah, it's, yeah, I worked at business very soon. Because they
1: are responsible for the problem uh, they are creating for
0: everyone. Yeah, but there's also a disconnect because some <laughs> developers don't always know what the front end looks like, what the hell a, um, an enterprise SaaS platform is or what it means to yeah. sales, what it means to marketing. So then you need a really good product manager to kind of leave you know understand that enough from the customer to then pass it on to this uh, yeah. development team
1: yeah the the um, the cool stuff at Crisp is that as we're all like uh, super uh, product led we uh, all understand uh, how good the ux has to be uh, and we are always working on trying to resolve uh, problems before they get to mainstream so we always we are, that's like um, a very like um, early trend, but that's something that you can call customer support driven development. Mm.
0: Customer support driven development, nice.
1: Where in fact, you you are taking actions based on the report that you got from your customer support Mm. and where you are working on fixing things rather than developing new ones. Helping your customers to be more autonomous and trying as much as you can that they don't have to contact you because the best customer service is the best is is the customer service that doesn't exist.
0: Mm-hmm. What wh- where does that fit into a roadmap, right? So if, so, you've got your own product led um, roadmap that, that the team's working to, and how do you prioritize?
1: Well, customer team before team. everything. Mm-hmm. So if you got 5 to 10 requests on the support from people saying okay uh, I have that problem I have that problem then it needs to be fixed yeah and you don't have to wait for the next sprint because it doesn't make any sense your customers yeah. are having problem right now and if 10 people are telling you it means that maybe hundreds are facing the same problem
0: mm. Yeah because because what you hear is 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 a You'd extrapolate that up as a percentage of, of, of your customers, right?
1: So. That, that's also the problem of uh, doing customer support. Is that most of the time you only hear the one person that is annoyed and not, yeah. you know, the other, uh, you know, a 99% that is super happy about your product. So you also always have to, you know, step back a little bit and think about that and say, okay, this man might be angry, but what are thinking the others?
0: Yeah. So, so what what is your the, the ICP like your, your target persona as as a business. Obviously, you have got, um, got a lot of drive. You got a lot part drive customers. But what what's the what's the kind of ICP there?
1: We uh, we started as a tool for uh, freelancers and uh, and solopreneurs back in the days. You know, uh, with a simple and basic live chat. And uh, as the product evolves, evolves to what it is right now. A bigger tool with, you know, uh, also serves bigger companies. So I would say that we are pretty strong on the zero to 50 um, employees uh, companies style. And um, that also has like um, a decent technological knowledge. Hmm. Um, because as we are, uh, um, a PLG company with no sales team and very few amounts of uh, like account managers. We don't provide any services for, for now to, uh, to companies. Um, it's hard for us to provide, like we don't do uh, phone call support, we only do emails and chat support. So we have to have people uh, in front of us that are able to do things on their own too. So like I would say we are uh, building the, the customer support tool for, um, yeah, the next generations of businesses.
0: And we, I, that, that, that term next generation of businesses could also be businesses that are, you know, digitizing themselves. Right. And I, I think there's a, there's a point there, the internal, um, would, well, they could outsource it and work with a partner like Evolve, but if, yeah. if they've got a tacit knowledge internally, that yeah. someone could lead it and, um, tacit knowledge of all they wouldn't have a tacit knowledge of crisp they would have a tacit knowledge of how to build out the systems that that that's the point right so yeah um from your experience who's typically leading that is it the business owner is it the sales director is it the customer customer account manager who who, or a cro like what's who's the person leading that typically yeah
1: just to finish on your early question um on your on the question you asked earlier sorry um since a, f- a year or two, uh, we've seen like bigger companies coming to us that are more turn on maybe uh, 50 employees to 250. And uh, we're, we've we also started to create new, new dedicated plans for now and also uh, working on services. But as we want to remain slow, we are trying to work a lot with partners, uh, you know, to offer, as you said, that uh, services uh, that we can't afford to, uh, to bring to our customers, but yeah. for which uh, our customers are looking for. So, so that's, that's part of our strategy right now. And that's what uh, I am and other people uh, in the company are working on so that we can scale that um, customer's request. Yeah. Nice. And as an ICP, uh, in terms of uh, companies, employee, I would say that it depends on the size it really depends on the size because if you target like a, a startup that has 1 to 10 uh, employees you will speak to the ceo yeah. okay um then if it's more of maybe 20 to 30 people it might be the head of customer support or um or the, the, the customer success manager maybe
0: yeah yeah it's it's, it's the number is I, I think it's kind of well, i guess it would be to, indistinguishable so number of employees is, is important but maybe not as important as number of departments and the size of those departments because you might have you might have thirty five people in the business but only that that's all on delivery and so there's no sales or support function. And um, whereas if you've got you know five sales members and, and two account managers you might that, that might leverage into having you know a platform like this, right? I, I would assume not just the number of employees in the business.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just speaking like on a on a global yeah, uh, exactly. on a global scale to, it's, uh, because I don't want like to get too into details. But yeah, exactly. Um, it's always hard, you know, to define a, a buyer persona. Yeah, but that's what I tell
0: when uh, I am getting asked that question. Yeah, our... do you do you have an internal persona in like? I don't know if you have like the. Um... Steve, the technician, uh, you know, th- those type of do you have no, any?
1: we've never done that. We've never <laughs> done that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I always find those quite funny. Um, how how should a small or a medium sized business begin to think about the kind of touch points in a customer journey life cycle? What's the obviously you you've been with Chris now for, for four plus years, but yeah, h- yeah. How should someone begin to think about that?
1: Uh, I think most of the time companies are doing a mistake because they got started from the beginning of the journey. They are starting at the awareness uh, step, right? Which is how um, a customer is uh, looking for uh, a solution to his problem, right? So if you look at uh, a feature that we offer, which is a live chat, people are writing down into uh, their search engine what is a live chat, for example, right, or um, how to fight bounce rate, okay, because I have understood that on my website, I have bounce rates that are I, right. Um, live chat could be a solution, but not the only one. It could also be because uh, there's a problem with search intent, okay there could also be a problem because your website doesn't lo- load fast enough yeah. um, and lots of other things, right? And so the problem is that, is that you're going to bring lots of people to your uh, article, for example, which is great because people will be happy, oh, this week we've brought like thousands of people, but no conversions. Hmm. On the other hand, if you start from the bottom with like, I intend requests, uh, and start to understand what are the research that will lead, uh, high intent leads to, uh, find your product. Then this is where you will start to generate, uh, revenue and uh, money, uh, from, uh, the customer's life cycle, from the, the buyer's life cycle, I would say, because this is where it all starts. So to me, I would, be focusing, and that's what I've done at CRISP, uh, I would be focusing on um, be visible on bottom of uh, the cycle keywords, such as for my um, market chatbot software or um, you know, shared inbox software and so on. And leave the awareness part, which is the education part, which is the thing that takes the most Time and the most money to my competitors that have a lot of money, that are not bootstrapped, you know, and all these things that make them great. But uh, I mean, we, are, we don't have the same team size, we don't have uh, the same uh, amount of money, and so on. So that is the strategy I have applied at CRISP. And uh, that's why we've worked a lot on end of the uh, sales process uh, research that uh, are bringing in high intent uh, leads that are cheaper to educate and uh, where you can like really push your uh, marketing mix so that they can understand that your product is as good as all the others they've seen uh, until today.
0: So that's a really interesting point, right? And, and it's it, it, I think it goes to show um, how agile you can be in, in a small kind of product-led company. So the the, the other businesses are, are going to have the the funds to drive the awareness that the education at, at the top of funnel but where you can make them if i got this right the the most effective bang for your buck and, and time is get right to the bottom of funnel where they're going to be um make it where the, the intent of the search is a buying intent right versus what is like how much or um best yeah. of or, so it, it, it's kind of if you if you've got only so many places to point your you, uh, point your content and point point your resources, yeah. you're saying in your instance you're you're going right to the um, yeah the
1: start from the bottom. It's the same when you are trying to improve uh, revenue. Yeah, I mean it, it would. I mean if you are starting to do acquisition on a funnel that is full of uh, uh, holes, then it doesn't make sense because you're going to to waste your money. Mm. However, if you start from the bottom with revenue, trying to understand what impacts revenue and how you can improve it, then it's a it's a it's a it's a simple win because then every time you go on a previous step, it's exponential.
0: Mm. What well, what's um if we if we go back to the crisp platform and and how you can leverage those kinds of those touch points in, in someone's journey from when they've they first might start up to a webinar, understanding that data all the way down to when they're on the live chat on your site to, yeah. in a conversion mode.
1: So that's why we've built the, the pipeline of integration mm. because we are using Pipedrive ourselves at crisp. Um, because uh, when I arrived at crisp, there was nothing uh, uh, ready. So I built it myself and I got started with Pipedrive because it's pretty efficient, uh, affordable, and uh, works pretty great. And therefore, um, I started to create a pipeline which was like only focused on demo requests, and yeah. that has evolved uh, throughout the time. Uh, back in the days, our Drive integration wasn't good enough, so we use it to be <laughs> to be honest. So uh, I, think I,
0: it, I think it used to just push contacts backwards. I think that it was, exactly, yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. It used to push to push only contacts one way, so it was from Crisp. Two-part drive and no thing related to uh, to deals, to activities, and uh, or to company. So that's uh, that's something we've brought recently that you know is a game changer. So that's why we now uh, we now use it. But um, yeah, I, I used Zapier to connect uh, Crisp. Uh, I mean, our inbox with Zapier mm-hmm. uh, as soon as someone booked a meeting from my calendar link so that I don't get, you know, to do the boring stuff that was that every salespeople ate about, you know, adding, adding records into a CRM that's super boring. Yeah. And uh, that's why most of the um, people are not uh, having like good data into the CRM because they leave the, the boring stuff to be done uh, for the human. I believe it should be automated because there's no sense, there's no value into a human, uh, into yeah. filling in like, you know, those, information that can be automatically filled in. So um, we started like that uh, and like two two months ago, uh, we published a new version of uh, our integration, which now allows us to uh, have a two-way synchronization with, uh, with our inbox, uh, I mean, between Pipedrive and Crisp. Mm-hmm. And it's super helpful because in real time, uh, our customer support agent are speaking with people that they might not know we had um, a demo with or that that they might not know uh, they went to a webinar and therefore it helps them to uh, personalize the conversation because they have access uh, to that information straight into the Crispin box. So they don't have to switch between tools and it's much better in terms of conversational experience because you can start the conversation by saying, "Hey, by the way, you went to the webinar last th- last time. How was it? What all you thought about it?" And it's also helpful for the sales rep because uh, you can see that that specific deal that you got assigned on is now speaking with the support. That there is therefore a specific activity related to the deal, and from um, and then from PadDrive you can access to uh, the ongoing conversation on Crisp. So super seamless and uh, easy experience so that everyone gets on the same level of information and at the end we hope everyone wins
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely and what what do you because obviously the, the, where this is relaunched what what, what do you see the, the future of, of crisp and the kind of part drive integration being and obviously we can't we can't go too far into that but um, what, what are you most looking forward to um See or even get more Part Drive users using the, the Crisp integration. What, what would you like to see happen there? Um, that's
1: a that, that's a great question. I, I think first would be to get uh, users because uh, as I said with you back in the days there was like a really basic uh, synchronization that got us like really bad reviews. So now we are working on you know trying to get more better reviews. That's yeah. we are on our way. We are on our way and uh so yeah i think the first big steps would be to get good ratings and lots of feedback so that's why we have been working on with denise that uh, i have been working with on uh, the integration and uh, from there um we're going to analyze the feedback we've already added new features that you know uh, made sense to us such as the ability to synchronize um uh, a contact by only having a phone number uh, synchronized in Crisp to pipe drive. So yep. they, this were, these are things that we wouldn't have thought about if we wouldn't have had the feedback. Yep. So that's why is, we are like, you know, super into those information. And once uh, we, we feel like it's ready, then we would be super happy to to work on more uh, marketing actions to, to spread the word about, the whole crisp part drive and other companies can be powerful all together. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I read one of your blog posts. I think actually you wrote it and it was kind of new year, new, um, new crisp. And there was kind of three yeah. things, right? So you had your WhatsApp, um, level of integration for the WhatsApp business. Um, there's something else, but then also leveraging open AI and
1: yeah. Shopify and, uh, and Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, So obviously. Does that lean, where, where does, um, let's just kind of talk about the open AI piece there, right? Because everyone's trying to find out what's going to be their value add using those kind of large language models. Where, where do you see the opportunity there for something like CRISP and leaning on that?
1: Yeah, uh, we believe at CRISP that AI and humans, especially in customer service, should be complementary. One should not replace the other because uh, they are um, super helpful to each other. Right. Yeah. AI is like ultra efficient on uh, low value questions mm. because they. It, I mean, it can gather an amount of data that is inaccessible for a human. However, a human is knowledgeable, can have also a better understandings of customers' uh, reactions, of customers' behavior, and uh, of other things that you know you hardly get as an AI. So we are working on right now um our own AI model mm-hmm. that uh you know will gather all the conversational data you get on Crisp combine with the um, the uh, information available in your knowledge base and we are going to feed it with um a feature that uh, will be released uh, over the next few weeks to help agents be more productive by having a simple button that will help you to have an answer faster and therefore increase your team's productivity, your team's response time and a customer satisfaction at at the end of uh, of all, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I I love that and it it gets me thinking, um, Often we're so kind of fresh into this, right? We're recording this in end of March, 2023. Um, so we've, we've kind of had these technologies really to the market for about four months, really. It's yep. not, not too long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there have been other large language models, but what I think people aren't quite understanding, yes, it's exciting what it can write, but I think what's really going to be game-changing is what the these um, models and uh, like a ChatGPT4 currently what it can read and the speed it can read and summarize um to allow a human to digitize and then make a decision on, on the end of it like yeah so it's not just about writing great copy and no, and, and exactly i think it's the, the ability to look at your whole pain bible of every question that's ever been asked in, in yeah English and then yeah respond to it yeah I think that's exactly
1: the, if we think about you know Pain sales reps are facing every day. It's about maybe, you know, writing down notes after a, a phone call, right? Because that's something you have to do. Um, we have some sort of, uh, beta version of an automated, uh, voice to test to text transcription mm-hmm. through AI that would also sum up the, the conversation automatically. Imagine that now being pushed automatically to Pipedrive. Drive. Mm. That's a huge amount of time that is saved for everyone in the company, and uh, at the end, it makes your reps more productive, even more happier because they don't have to do that boring stuff. Yeah. And um, and I think everyone's uh, yeah taking advantage of this uh, incredible breakthrough, uh, incredible technological breakthrough because that's what it is. We never thought it would be that big, and mm. today, yeah, it's seen. We are. I mean, every company in the world is now trying to add like a bit of AI into its product. You yeah. can see that popping everywhere. Our competitors are doing the same too. Um, but we are um, willing to build our own because um, we think that's a, that's a good way to, to understand the technology and uh, be prepared for the future because that's just the beginning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... I love it. And we, we, we kind of touched upon there how Crisp and Pipedrive integrate. It's kind of a lovely segue there, <laughs> but how Crisp and Pipedrive integrate. Um, so it is native. Um, Chris new, uh, Crisp's new app is on, is on the Pipedrive Marketplace. Yep. Um, we'll have links in the description below for you to give it a try um, and to go through the that demo that, that we've um, walk, done, done a walk through as well. Um, but Antoine, as, as we kind of look to come to the end here, can you tell, tell me a little bit more about your story about how you became the CMO at Crisp?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a funny story, honestly. Um, it was five years ago I was pitching uh, a project at a Startup Weekend. Is,
0: it, yeah, is this with the Lion um, piece? No, it's different.
1: Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lion has also been part of, uh, of the Sixes, but no, no, it was after Lion. Uh, Lion is a, is a training for uh, the best startup employees. And that's something I did uh, by, um, I think, uh, 2016 or 2017. Yeah. And um, yeah, one year later, I started to, to to build a company, went to Startup Weekend, which is like you no know, uh, an event where you got 52 hours to, to build your startup or at least uh, a first step, MVP, yeah. uh, first MVP for your product. And I, I led that project where, in fact, Baptiste was, uh, who is the CEO at Crisp, uh, was, the, the, the final jury of the, of the event with other people.
0: Mm.
1: And during the weekend, like we, it, we felt like it was great to be together because we were speaking about lots of different things. And, um, and so we decided to, to stay, uh, connected by the end of the, uh, of the weekend, but di- by that by that time, sorry, I was working into a venture capitalist fund, and um, it was pretty exciting. But I felt like you know I was uh, I was touching the end of the of the history, and and at the same moment, it was like so. The startup weekend was in January, and the end of uh, I started to feel like it was the end for me in my actual job, like in September. And throughout all that time, from weeks to weeks, we were sending us messages, hey, how is it with Chris? How are you dealing with? How are things going? It was like, we were kind of chatty and um, at at some point, but sent me a message saying, hey man, do you know someone that is willing to do sales and marketing for us? And I said, yes, I am the one.
0: He saw you, he saw something in you that weekend. (laughs)
1: yeah exactly so yeah. that that's pretty that's pretty funny and yeah i went to to nantes which is the, the weather headquarters are based um that was the first time i went for an interview that was uh, over two beers and uh, one raclette yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, we just started we just started to, to work like that two weeks later i was in nantes um leaving my uh, my hometown and uh, yeah uh since then uh, we are, are doing great things all together
0: nice i love it and yeah i did i did want to lean on the the, the lion experience as well um because I, I thought it was like an entrepreneur school kind of piece where you kind of graduated there yeah what, what did you learn from going through that and and how has it impacted your mindset you know from beyond and is it, are there any principles that you took from it that you still kind of lean on now
1: yeah so in fact the ecosystem that created uh that school is called the family um it's now like a dying uh community but uh, back in the days is it, it was the the most famous uh entrepreneurship community back in france they are the one who brought the startup culture in france they have educated the entire french ecosystem about what it's like to be building a, a startup um, as they are doing in the united states yeah and therefore um Lion was one of their initiatives where they wanted to offer free courses for the best employees of startups. Mm. But I was in Paris and I lived in uh, in Brest, which is uh, the western part of France. And um, so every week um, I was going to Paris to to go to school, and it was the, the first time in my life I was happy to go to school on a, on a Saturday morning. <laughs> um, I have met I have met brilliant people um i have learned so many because you were next to the best entrepreneurs back in the days uh, in france the one that might be a bit too shiny uh, we you know with a bit of step back right now but still uh, pretty interesting and lots of other people that were just like me watching the videos that this um ecosystem were building because they were creating a tons of content on that and that is still available uh, on uh, on some uh, social networks but you know, uh yeah, it, it felt like I, I I found myself and um and yeah, I learned a, a lot of things that I could then grab back to the place where I lived, and that helped me also to grow and, and to, to be the the one I am right now yeah
0: was there was there a specific principle or person that you you kind of that you, you, you are reminded of Quite often, or the, <clears throat> so that you fall back on as as someone that you met there, or, or principle that you've you've brought with you now.
1: Yeah, um, I always like to say uh, there are tons of things that I refer to because you know I, I've learned so much. But I I remember that in 2017 attribution in marketing was kind like of super hot. Yeah, and I asked that question to the head of marketing of Jumia which is like one of the biggest marketplaces uh, in uh, in Africa. Yes. And I talked to him about attribution. And he replied to me uh, something that I will always remember. He said, hey, man, you know, attribution is like sex when you're uh, at high school. Everyone talks about it, but no one knows how it works.
0: Mm. Everybody that's- talks about <laughs> it, but no one knows how it works, right? And yeah. that's so true. I mean, if, if, if you... you You can talk about and and each department has always had, um, you know, whether it's SEO, it might be last click attribution from a PPC standpoint. Yeah, Um, that used to get all the money because uh, you could prove the ROI. And then you had the brand and content people in the business saying, hey, what about, you know, I've I've educated this person for the last six months. (laughs) Um, They've signed up to our newsletter back here. Just because they clicked on your ad here doesn't mean that was that's the last click attribution, right? So yeah, um, yeah, I, I, that's a. It's like sex when you're at high school. There we go. I like it. <laughs> um,
1: I mean that that made my day still, and still today uh, I'm still thinking about that, and it it, it still fuels my you know uh, acquisition strategy and everything because yeah. I am thinking about say okay man. That's that's life. You can't control everything, so. Leave it just like that and accept the fact that at some point you can't uh, understand every action, and you can't measure every action,
0: yeah. Certainly, from like the dark social shares now, you know, and things like that, that's it can be up to like 70% of, kind yeah. of sharing now, but exactly, exactly.
1: Um,
0: but uh, yeah, so some kind of last couple of questions, quick fire questions, they can be long form answers. Uh, what I would say is, um We'll, we'll, we'll lean on Crisp here instead of Pipedrive, but I know you know Pipedrive as well, right? So I might okay. put yeah. Pipedrive in as well. Okay. Um, favorite use case that you've seen with Crisp um, in, in a business? and that, that could be a business that's using Pipedrive or it could be a, you know just a favorite use case that you've seen someone using your platform.
1: Um, I think, uh, that's a African company that is using us as a centralization a uh, messaging platform to help uh, about food delivery. Hmm. We uh, are providing uh, an African company, uh, the ability to centralize the different channels they are using. So that's WhatsApp and SMS uh, to automatically, uh, through the bot, choose the different product they want to go with so uh, that then they can uh, organize the meal prepare it and deliver it
0: very cool yeah i mean africa has actually I, led the way in mobile banking a lot of kind of mobile first business um yeah. with MPESA in, in 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 kenya and, and, and things like that but uh that's very cool um what would you say top tips for someone getting started using crisp and tips for the seasoned pro that someone's been using crisp and they now just want to get more from the platform What what would you say there
1: so um i would say to connect channels because i think one of the value of our product lies into uh, decentralization because you know nowadays companies have to deal with more and more channels uh, they have to be available on so as a small company you don't have enough uh, human resources to handle that and that's why we come in Um, so the first advice is to me would be to connect channels And then uh, try to build also uh, more autonomy within your customer base by, for example, writing down a knowledge base. Hmm. And then um, if you want to grow and improve your skills, just have to contact us and we'll be super happy to to help you because, um, yeah, we provide 24 hours a day, five days a week customer service. So every time someone asks a question, they got to be sure that uh, we are available. Nice.
0: Yeah, that's... um... That's good. And and for those just getting started, what, what would you say there? If if um it's not about connecting multiple channels, it's don't be afraid to connect a channel that you might not expect. So so would it be connecting your WhatsApp for business? Like so that those kind of yeah. yeah, in fact
1: that that's just about the idea uh to to look at okay, what are the channels I am using right now separately? Because mm-hmm. most of the time companies have an email, like a shared email, such as you know, contact at my that is uh only accessible through a specific mailbox. Mm -hmm. Then uh, you have most of the time a Facebook page on which you can receive DMs. Then you have phone calls also. And these three channels are the most frequent ones. If you only start by centralizing those into Crisp or into any other platforms, by the way, um, you can also gather your teams, right? So you destroy silos, internal silos you make collaboration easier by having only one tool around which you are uh, discussing. Mm-hmm. And the end goal is to improve uh, response time and quality. So it makes the customer happy. Yeah.
0: Nice. Thank you for that. Uh, and two, there's there's uh, two questions i got to ask now. One, uh, your favorite pipe drive use case as a power user yourself.
1: Um, honestly, it's about, um, the Zapier integration. Mm. I really love how easy it is to, to, to build no code stuff using, uh, using Zapier. I really like, uh, what they are doing and how easy it is. It has been for me to create everything, uh, regarding the sales team and the partnership team, uh, around, uh, Drive and Zapier and the other tools that we are using. So yeah, to me, it's, uh, it's the, it's the use case that I find. The, the, the best one for now, yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the scalability of it and what, what you can yeah. kind of connect to.
1: Also the um, the fact that, you know, I mean, as I have been alone for a long time on the sales team, I had needed to have like a rigorous way of handling uh, follow-up. Mm. And by having activities uh, already set up, I automatically set up, you know, yep. but because every time you do uh, you just said an activity has done. There's another one that is being yeah. triggered and created. Uh,
0: what are you going? What's next? What are you going to do next here?
1: Yeah. yeah, and so I have automated it too, so that um, it's created automatically for the within the sorry, so it's created uh, two weeks from the day um, it uh, has been done. Mm-hmm. So every time I connect uh, to to PowerDrive, I know what are the things I have to do. So I don't have to think about okay, what, where am I now? Yeah. Blah blah blah. No, I know straight what are the things I have to
0: deal with yeah. Nice. And any pipe drive feature requests that you would like to see in the platform?
1: That's a good question. Honestly, I have uh, I maybe more automations. Mm. Yeah, maybe more automations. But honestly, I've been able to find almost everything uh, in in what I am in how I am using it right now.
0: Yeah, they, they, they've they just done a, uh, so again, recording this in March of 2023, um, they've just updated some of the automation.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And they've got things like um, conditions where if someone opens an email um, or clicks a link in an email, so you can have your drip sequence, and if they yeah. open an email, they might come out of it, create an activity, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: But I am on the plan below, and it's really related to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to, to email, to be to be honest, and therefore, um, I uh, I haven't I found. Would, what I,
0: would I, say I would say, uh, have the condition if they haven't moved out of that stage, then that that might yeah, be a, that might be a workaround.
1: Exactly, deal stages are uh, pretty convenient, and also the fact that they are offering, uh, yeah. For example, I would love to be able to trigger a webhook when uh when something has uh, been done. Yeah. Because like webhook is now a commodity and you know, you can also grab it on Zapier and then do lots of other things. Yeah. So that would be something pretty interesting if you could catch webhooks from uh, an automation workflow, that could be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, well, Anton, this this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to um, cover before we sign off today?
1: Thank you very much for that time. It was a really good conversation. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Evolve and uh, see you soon.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Uh, so that, that's it for this week. Um, thank you for listening to Evolve Pipe Drive podcasts. We're all things Pipe Drive, sales, apps, and the Pipe Drive Marketplace. At Evolve, we're a technology consultancy based in the UK, but working globally, helping small and scaling businesses get more out of Pipe Drive through implementation, consultancy, and training. Um, if you found this useful, um, please let, me know, let us know what you think. We do listen and read all to all your comments. We've had some people um, do voice notes, which is cool. Um, do consider liking, subscribing, and sharing with somebody you think that would find this useful. Uh, we value all your feedback. Antoine, thank you very much.